Welcome, YouTube creators, to the Tube Labs podcast, because you can't experiment enough or talk too much YouTube. Welcome to the Tube Labs podcast. I am your host, Rosh Sillers. It's great to have you here. If this is your first time, welcome. This podcast is all about growing your YouTube channel, and I do solo podcasts as well as interviews. Last week, we had Renee Teeley. And we talked about production of our videos using apps and some, she had actually some really good suggestions on some apps that we can use to help improve our production and maybe even our workflow to help us create better videos. If we have more time, we can focus in on creating better videos, that's for sure, rather than struggling through the process. Now, next week, I have a fun guest. Randy Risling is going to be on the show, and he has an actually a relatively new channel about snowmobiling. And he is from Canada, and he will be sharing his growth and the process. He currently is just about ready to hit 5,000 subscribers. He may be there by the time we air this podcast, which will be next Monday. So certainly check that out next week. It's, it's always enjoyable when we talk with quote, smaller YouTubers, because all honesty, they have more of an understanding of what you and I are going through compared to the folks who have already received the silver play button, the gold play button. These are the folks who are recently getting it off the ground in the current environment. One thing I find interesting is a lot of times uh, bigger YouTubers will start another channel and some do okay. But a lot of them struggle and are unable to get that other channel off the ground, especially when they do it, say, incognito, so their current fan base doesn't know it's them. It's, you know, a lot of times growing a channel is a combination of many different factors. Good timing can certainly be one. A trend can be another. Maybe it's just your personality and people really gravitate to you. There are many reasons, and we've talked about this in the other podcasts as of late. And I think certainly Randy has caught on to what seemed to be a trend that is developing as more and more people seem to enjoy going into the backcountry and go snowmobiling. So again, good conversation that we're going to have next week. This week, I am talking about when to post. Is there a best time to post? It seems to be a big conversation. Should you be consistent? Is there a best time of the day to post? And we're going to tackle these questions because there's a few philosophies around this. And I've certainly talked about some of these ideas in past podcasts, but I haven't dedicated a podcast to the topic. So here we go. I've had this conversation with a number of people about consistency. And when you talk to YouTubers who have done well, They talk about consistency, like this is one of the holy grails of the process. Unfortunately, there's more to it than that. It depends on the type of channel that you have. Now, there is value in understanding when your audience is expecting or prefers your next video. Or in some cases, you have a channel that it's just good to have a specific date and time, such as Wednesdays at noon or every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Your audience knows when your next video will be released. And there is an argument to be made that it also helps the algorithm. If 
regularly, people are looking for your video on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock. Possibly the algorithm knows that it's a good opportunity to show your video to this group of people around that time. Even if they're not necessarily looking for it, they tend to watch it as soon as it's surfaced. Now, this can happen, I guess, anytime, but there is a good argument to be made because we do know the algorithm follows the viewer. It was recently revealed on Creator Insider, the channel for YouTubers. Uh, it's kind of an inside look at what's going on in the production of YouTube features and products. And Tom is one of the main hosts, if not the host, main, well, one of the main hosts. And he interviewed Luke, who is working on a tool or a feature that will allow you to understand when your audience, your audience specifically, is on YouTube. Now, there's a lot of conversation about this, and we're going to get into the ebb and flow in a specific technique that I refer to as the Zen technique of um, adding videos and uploading and publishing new videos. It's not something I made up. It's I just kind of gave it this name because it seems to work. I'll explain what it is and where I got the idea from in a few moments. But the conversation around this, hey, showing you when your audience is on, the, the argument is it's not necessarily the best time to publish per se, but it may be a good time to communicate with your audience. Maybe get into the community area and post something in your community tab. Maybe to update people to let them know tomorrow at two o'clock, the next video is going to be launched. It's going to be published and you know that a lot of people will have seen this because they're on right now. Could this also mean that it's a good time for you to publish your videos? Again, we don't know yet. We're gonna have to look at the data and this tool is not available to us quite yet. But I'm sure once it's launched, everybody's gonna jump on it and I'm sure the data is gonna get skewed because everybody's going to be following this data that's saying, hey, everybody's on right now. But sometimes it's often recommended that you post a little bit before that peak time. If you know that your audience generally is a morning crew or maybe they watch at night and they appreciate the entertainment value or maybe they're educational during the middle of the day, noon, who knows, maybe Saturdays, you know your audience is there on Saturdays or Sundays. We, we tend to start to get a good feel of when our audience is watching. So if we know that our audience is ready to watch our next video at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, well, maybe we want to upload it around 8. It'll give it time for it to propagate and get in front of the right people over that time. So you're in full mode by the time your co core audience is actually ready and willing to watch your next video. Now, taking a step back, when we talk about consistency, again, it can be your channel. Consistency is important, but I think for the most part, consistency is important for you as the creator as much, if not more than for the audience. Because I've, I've talked with a number of YouTubers who have actually connected with their audiences, and we have this conversation in next week's podcast, so check that out with uh, Randy. 
but you know, the audience really does not care because your videos will be surfaced at the right time. YouTube's algorithm knows when people, the audience, certain people like to watch certain videos at a specific time. So does it really matter so much? But that consistency element is good for you because you need to be consistent. If you take too many days off, it's harder to get back into the flow. And so maybe the truth behind consistency is it's not about the audience, but it's about you as a creator. You doing the work every week. You being there. And if you're not, you will slack off a little more and you may not get back to it. And that's why the top creators say consistency, because that is what helped to get them there. They were consistently uploading videos, which has to happen. You're not going to get anywhere on your YouTube channel if you're not uploading videos. And if you take a lot of time off, and it really is obvious that you don't have any consistency at all. There's no way that people can really understand when is the next time. Should they subscribe? Should they care? If they see that your last video was six months ago, why would they subscribe? Because they don't think the next video is coming. They got what they needed from the video they saw and they moved on. So what about this Zen technique of publishing videos to your YouTube channel? I've talked about Matt Geelan a number of times and how he really introduced the idea, at least to me, about stepping on your successful videos or not allowing your videos enough time to breathe. And so, yes, if you upload a lot, it can be very beneficial. Again, depending on the type of channel you have. I always put a big asterisk around all these things because you really do have to test to see based on the type of channel you have and the type of audience that you're attracting, what truly is working. But he started to suggest a couple of years ago that, look, if you have regular videos, you should probably give them room. Don't keep publishing because YouTube is going to surface your latest video and your previous video may not have had enough time to gain the traction that it could possibly have earned. Well, over the last number of months, Daniel Patel and Brian G. Johnson have been talking about publishing once your video starts to ebb or maybe gain a plateau of some sort. So you see your video marching up, going higher, higher, but when you start to see the plateau, that curve, and maybe even starting to go down a little bit, that, that is the time to publish your next video. And I refer to it as the Zen method just because it's going with the flow of what is happening on your channel. So if a video is doing really well, let it keep going, let it keep doing really well. And then when it ebbs, throw in another video because it's prime, it's prime for more views. And if a video is not doing so well, then go ahead, put another video in whenever you can, when it's ready, maybe sooner rather than later. But it's the Zen method of letting your channel do what it can, let it run with the best. There's the idea of letting your winners run. As many of you may know, I run a digital agency and I serve YouTube ads as well as Google ads. We focus on Google products mostly. And so I, I, I run a lot of AdWords ads or Google ads. And one of the things that we do is we test 
ads next to each other. So in the beginning, you might have two or three ads, and then one of them eventually is going to convert the best or get the best click-through rate. And a big mistake that a lot of people make is that once they find that winner, they instantly challenge it with another ad rather than letting their winners run. So if you have an ad that's doing really well, let it be the only ad for a while. Let it do its job, getting those conversions, getting the click-through rates, and making more sales. See, if you put another ad in there immediately, now it's just going to be your click-through rate and your conversions are just going to be the average of those two ads. And that's not what you want. If you have an ad that's doing really well, you want it to go for a while. And maybe over time, and, and it's true with advertising and digital ads, they have an ebb and flow too. So when we see an ad start to taper off a little bit, then maybe now at that point, it's time to challenge it with another idea. Maybe just add a new power word in just one of the lines and see if it does just a little bit better. Now, obviously with YouTube, we make bigger changes than that. We don't create a video and then change the video with just one word, but the concept though is still there. Let the winners win. Let that good video that's doing a lot of good work for you, let that video help grow your channel to the best of its ability. Now, there may be a time to put up another video, as I mentioned. So the question is, what video should you publish next? And the answer is, if you have, say, a viral video or one that does many times better than usual, my recommendation is to double down on that topic. Topic is a huge part of the growth of a channel. And especially when you niche down, and find your core topic that people really resonate with you, then if you have a video that's doing really well, how can you expand on that video or follow up on that video? So people who are watching that highly viewed video will naturally wanna watch the next video. That's certainly something we talk about all the time, but in a case of a viral video or one that's doing really, really well, it's even more important to keep that rhythm going, to keep that flow going to the next video. You always want that in general. You always want to create videos in a way that encourages people to go from one video to the next video. But in the situations where you have a high-flying video, you definitely need to double down. Now, if you have a topic that doesn't do so well, well, that gives you room to maybe look at some of your past topics and decide, okay, you know what? Here's one that did really well. Maybe I can make a companion video to that one. It still gets traffic to this day. Maybe we can have those match. And something else you can do, of course, is put them in a playlist together. Or if you have a few videos like that, put them in the playlist. Maybe you can use your visual suggestion ladder strategy to let your winners help your new videos gain some traction and more views, especially if they are related. If you don't know what the visual suggestion ladder is, check it out. I do have a podcast as well as a video over at Rosh.video. Rosh.video takes you to my YouTube channel and I have a video on the topic of VSL over there. 
If you're looking for some tools as it relates to the best time to publish, I know vidIQ has a tool in their suite within vidIQ itself. And I also know that Morning Fame also has a tool within the suite there that will also give you some direction as to when the best time may be. And I think in Morning Fame, it shows based on what times you published and what was the result. So if you publish at a certain time or regularly publish at a certain time and you're getting good results, that's what uh, Morning Fame is showing you. And I believe it's kind of similar for vidIQ. TubeBuddy, they have a little link in their toolbox, but it just opens up to some information about the best time. And their argument is actually in that little section is that the best time to publish is the time you can publish consistently. And and I guess that kind of goes back to the feeding the algorithm something regular that we just talked about earlier in the podcast. Maybe the algorithm, or even more important, the viewer gets used to you sharing your videos or publishing your videos at a certain time. And again, there's a good argument to be made there. There have been a number of studies suggesting there is no perfect time to publish a video. And that's why the Zen method, I think, is rather exciting because it kind of stands on the shoulders of some of the conversations we've been having over the last year, which have shifted here and there because of updates within the algorithm. With Algorithms is really the better way to put it. And now there are times people say, okay, we, for a while we're pushing back saying, okay, publish less and now publish more or only publish you know, at this level or step up to a much higher level, you know, two, three times a day in, or just three times a week kind of a thing. It's, it's one of those things where it goes back and forth depending on who you're listening to. But really that Zen method, I think, is certainly worth testing, especially if you're not finding a consistency in your YouTube uploading and you're just creating videos and you want some kind of metric to work with without having to be feeling the constraints of, or even pressure, because we should talk about that in a moment, the pressure of publishing every single day or three times a week or even twice a week or once a week. You know, you probably should publish at least once a week, but that pressure can be your downfall. Think about it. If you have set yourself up to publish consistently Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and maybe in the beginning you're doing just fine, but things are getting busier, and you need to have a video on Wednesday, you have your Monday video published, and it's now Wednesday, and you don't have a video ready, so you just create something, something that's not that good, something that is actually probably hurting your channel more than it's helping your channel. That's important to understand. So you're better off waiting to create a better video. And let me talk from experience here. I have certainly gone down this road. I have tested, hey, Tube Labs podcast here. I have tested so many things. I have discovered so many things that don't work. And I've, I've, I've also seen a lot of things that do work. I have some videos that do wonderfully. I have groups of videos that do very well. But I also understand 
out of a thousand or so videos what truly did not work. And what did not work on a regular basis was pushing myself to get another video out just because I said I was going to get another video out. You may have heard this story before, but when I decided in 2016, the end of 2016, to really make my channel, my YouTube channel, a priority, which I'm going to talk about briefly in a moment because I have something that's kind of happening that might be uh, of interest to you, especially if you're a creative professional. But in 2016, I decided to produce a video and publish a video every single day. And of course, there's a lot of pressure when you do that. And that means not every video was a great video. And not only that, I was just so smart. I figured six weeks in that I would start the new year, start off right by publishing a video every single day in January. No, no, wait a minute. Not every single day. Three times a day. Well, no, a little bit more than that. How about 100 videos in January? And of course, at that time, I was moving my studios and took a week vacation. So it put a little more pressure than normal to create 100 videos in a month. The thing is, not every video was that good. Actually, a lot of them were not very good. And I did it because I wanted to see which videos performed well. And there are a few videos from that series out of those 100, maybe two or three, that still perform really well this day, have many, many thousands of views. But for the most part, they were odd videos that were not really part of my regular programming. So it, it didn't help me very much by doing that. I would have been much better off spending more time thinking of maybe better topics and not publishing quite as much. But of course, I didn't know that. I had to test that. I had to see what worked best for me. And so that's why I go back to this whole idea of the pressure of creating videos and in putting yourself in a position that forces you to create a bad video that's going to hurt your channel more than if you just skipped that day and waited until you had a good video ready to go. As I mentioned, I have something for you creative professionals. You know, when I started my YouTube channel, I wanted to focus in on entrepreneurs, mostly creative entrepreneurs, and that's where the channel is today. I have broken it out into three channels now. I have my creative entrepreneur channel. I have my business of photography, which started off as like business pricing channel. And then I have my tutorial channel, which is mostly digital marketing, uh, focusing on Google for the most part, which includes, for those of you who are interested, YouTube tutorials. So I have some very successful tutorials, but they don't belong on my creative entrepreneur channel. I just broke it out and now I'm developing the other channel for my tutorials again, which I think have done very well. And I think um, the, the channel has a lot of promise over time. But I started my channel in 2016 at the end, or at least decided to refocus it and focus in on growing the channel. And I, I knew I wanted to support a community for my next book, the, the Combination Code book, which has have yet been has not been written at this point. But I did know that the economy was getting long in the tooth and we're probably due for another recession or a crash. And obviously it took a lot longer for the next crisis to come. But we are here now. And I've been focusing as a central location. I've been focusing on 
YouTube. And I've decided to kind of switch back a little bit and focus in on my blog because that is where my foundation has often been. Doesn't mean I'm not doing YouTube, of course I am, but I'm going to coordinate better with my blog and my other social media and really put a lot of my content there and develop it to support the creative community. So my blog is for creative entrepreneurs. My YouTube channel, my main one, is for creative entrepreneurs, and I have the Tube Labs podcast and the Tube blog, and those will still be there, but I am going to share some of this content, specifically this podcast, over on the Creative Entrepreneur channel, so we'll probably have a lot more visitors, and so I want to let you know that I'll probably acknowledge them a little more as creative entrepreneurs, which you very well may be, and it probably fits in just fine, especially if you're trying to develop your YouTube channel, you probably have a creative spark in you. But that also leads me to say, look, hey, if you are interested in developing a creative career, well, meet me over at roshsillers.com, and that's where I'm funneling all of my work to support creative professionals. And I, I hope to see you over there. Leave a comment. Let me know that you heard about the blog on the Tube Labs podcast. I know there are a lot of people out there wondering what their next move will be. And for some of you, you think YouTube may be the choice. Well, please know this. YouTube can be it for you. YouTube, there is more room for you on YouTube, but you need to have a specific niche. You need to bring something to the table. And we use what I refer to as the combination code. And if you want to learn more about that, again, I have a lot of information on my YouTube channel as well as the blog about the combination code because you do need to bring something unique and special, innovative to the table to separate yourself from the competition. And this can be any form of creative activity that you can apply these ideas to. And YouTube is a great place to be. There is room for you, but just know it's not a get-rich-quick opportunity for most of you, for most of us. There are a few people that do make millions and maybe rather quickly, but even those people who made millions today or last year on YouTube probably worked years before they got there. And you probably are thinking, especially if you're coming to YouTube right now for the money, well, you're probably thinking you need that money now. And if you want that money now, you're going to probably have to think of something else because YouTube is a long-term game. You'll, you know, eventually get monetized once you have a thousand subscribers and 4,000 hours watch time. And let me tell you, the 4,000 hours watch time, in most cases, not all, some people get that before the thousand subscribers, but a lot of people get a thousand subscribers and have to work for quite a while to get the 4,000 hours a year watch time. And then once you get that, you know, the income is, you know, $40 a month, $30 a month, $50 a month, maybe even $100 a month, but that's probably not the income that you were looking for. But the good news is YouTube can support you in creating more income as you become more well-known in your specialty. You can develop a following. See, social media gave me many opportunities. I have had a lot of podcasts out there through the years. I've created a lot of blog posts and videos. I mean, we're talking thousands of everything. 
And I can't say that I've made a lot of money from any one of those directly. However, I've made a lot of money because of those things that I did, because of the social media, gave me such great opportunities as I built the audiences. So you can do the same thing. You can become a specialist in a specific area, creative area, whatever it may be for you, and use the power of YouTube to get the word out there. Some people complain that only 50 people saw their video, but imagine 50 people in front of you that care about the topic that you're talking about and the value that could bring to your life. There is a lot of opportunity out there. Just use the tools that are available to you and let YouTube be one of those powerful tools as we work our way through this crisis. And as I mentioned, if you would like some more support as a creative professional, a creative entrepreneur, meet me over at roshsillers.com and I'll talk to you next week here on the Tube Labs podcast. The Tube Labs podcast is hosted at thetubeblog.com. If you find the Tube Labs podcast valuable, don't forget to rate and review it. You may connect with Rosh on Twitter at Rosh Sillers.